Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm talking to my buddy Justina. She's um, from Poland and has been living over in the UK for over a year now. And I thought I'd have a chat with her just to kind of find out some of the differences between uh, England and Poland, um, as well as just her opinions on a few things. Um, this is another one of those podcasts where I didn't like have a specific plan. I just kind of winged it in a sense. We just kind of sat down and had a chat for a couple of hours. Um, this is part one. Um, as you hear by the end, we, we did actually stop at the end of this um, to use the lavatory and grab another drink and stuff. And then we uh, continued, which the part two will be at next week. Um, I do apologise because at the start of this, I actually sound quite... I don't know, I don't sound like I'm putting much effort in. And I, I it happens... I start talking a bit more like... Uh, sound a bit more energetic as it goes through. But I think I was just absolutely knackered. I mean, I recorded it a couple of weeks ago or a week or so ago. I'm pretty tired now, to be honest. So I'm not doing that well. We'll just turn on the mic when I'm tired. Um, but yeah, I do. At the start, I sound a little bit off for some reason i don't want anyone thinking that's anything to do with justine or anything like that at all um i didn't even realize it was happening during the chat so i just uh, yeah sorry for, sorry about that um we also funnily enough uh, the episode i released last week was with josh the science but simple um and we talk about misconceptions of cancer gmos and big pharma and the strangest thing is, is that justina doesn't listen to the podcast um and i didn't mention to uh, the podcast i released uh, the, the week before um, i think i might mention it in the podcast when she brings it up but she just coincidentally brings up big pharma and gmos and i just think it's quite weird that i was planning on sort of releasing this episode this week and the last week's one was also about something similar and it's just like quite a lot of strange uh, coincidences um i think it's the illuminati to be honest i think they're controlling they're the puppet masters controlling everyone i know and just making it into this nice little echo chamber but anyway i'm i'm I am joking just for people with your conspiracy hats on yeah, so in this chat we talk about yeah a wide variety of things, uh, NHS, medicine, the police, uh, drug reform, uh, cannabis, CBD oil, uh, speaking English abroad and other languages. I speak about Iceland a little bit because I went um, on holiday there a few weeks back. Uh, we talk about multiculturalism, being patriotic, the government. We also talk about Obama towards the end and drone strikes. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's great. It's a, it's a real fun chat. It's cool listening to someone talk about um poland i mean uh, we don't in this podcast specifically this episode we don't talk about the whole thing isn't all just about poland we like have a, just a general chat and i ask her a few things about poland as well and it kind of the the conversation kind of goes off on tangents from there um but yeah i think it's a i think it's another great chat it's quite a nice easy chill one it's not one which like the last couple where it's been like quite a lot of information based this is just a couple of people having a laugh so it's good yeah it's another fun one um, and also, just to add, um, I did a YouTube collaboration with a friend of mine, Steph. Um, you, people who are common listeners may remember Steph because a few weeks back I released a two-part uh, podcast with her uh, called Steph. She's called Steph the Crab on YouTube. And I, I'm going to include a link to that in the descriptions and whatnot. Uh, we just did this uh, Would You Rather sort of uh videos silly and stupid questions and stuff but it was it was a laugh to do um so yeah if you liked that episode go check that out and if you for some reason want to hear even more of me talking um and hear more of my random views on silly things like um some of the questions were quite peculiar things like would you rather have to have sex with your parents or have to see your parents have sex every day it's things like that it's like it's weird some of them aren't too weird some of them are a bit more normal but one's like oh would you rather 
wipe your ass with sandpaper or every time you touch paper you get a paper cut things like that it's it, very peculiar questions she found quite a lot of them online i, I had one in my own head that i include as well um that we mentioned and it's a, it's a longish video but you, you don't necessarily need to watch the video if you like podcasts and stuff you can just chuck the video on and listen to it so yeah i'll check that in the description um as always guys you can follow us on instagram twitter and facebook and you know on the, all the different podcasting apps you can listen to us on youtube uh, itunes overcast podbean stitcher any of those sort of things thanks as always for listening and i'll be back at the end to talk a bit more information so i can just kind of let this episode get going because almost five minutes of me talking about nothing but uh, just before the show gets fully started there's a quick promo from the movie podcast and the losers are so i've included a bit of description to them in the well in the podcast description as well Uh, so be sure to check those guys out and um yeah i'll get on with the show momentarily and the losers are is a podcast about cinema yeah, they're called movies because, you know, this is America. <laughs> and because we invented them. In each episode, three friends discuss the Academy's Best Picture nominees, as well as five other important films from that year. Friends, huh? Yeah, it's more like uh, acquaintances that I really don't even like. I'm just here for the booze. Talking of poor life choices, each episode explores a different year, accompanied by adult libations and hearty banter. What he means is we get hammered, we'd say fuck a lot, we'd discuss movies and talk about our lives. Like the one time I shit myself on a roller coaster? Well, I guess the honeymoon's over. Where do we go from here? Visit andthelosersare.wordpress.com and listen on your favorite platform today. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. I'm here with my friend Justina. And uh, were you about to wave then? Move your hand out your pocket to almost a wave. Um, kind of that's that's my go-to move i wave to people that's it that's how you greet people yep um me and justina we're not really gonna we haven't planned a huge amount what we're gonna talk about i was just gonna ask her a few things about herself because she's polish so (laughs) let's let's find out let's find out a few things um if if I ask any questions that you don't want to answer, feel free to not answer them. It's uh, they're not okay. gonna be. Dumb. I I'll, imagine I'll they will my best. They, I don't think they're gonna be ridiculously uh, personal or anything like that. Um, how how long ago did you uh, come to Britain, like to live? Uh, a year ago. Yeah, because it was uh, a yeah, February, year in wasn't February, it? Yeah. Mm, show that party. <laughs> well, obviously, I didn't go these to days any reason to have a party. Your one year anniversary in a country is probably a good ex- excuse. Yeah. So, what made you uh, sort of come over here? Have you have you been to Britain uh, prior to that on, ho- on like holidays or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I was here twice, but it was only like for a weekend, one or two nights. Okay. Um, but I moved here basically to get money to send send some money back home, mm. and I was supposed to stay here for like six months. Yeah, but I sort of stayed longer, and I'm probably not gonna move out anytime soon. Because you met all us cool people. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I have nice housemates. Mm. You have a house with uh, is it five people. Well, yeah, there's six of us all together. 
it's pretty hectic sometimes, but it's okay. Yeah, it's always it's always very you can always feel there's sort of life there in a way, but like it does get tend to get messy. Like I just found we're living with two dudes, it's like three of us. It's just like if you don't keep an eye on the cleaning and shit, it just ends up. Yeah, the cleaning in my house is pretty ridiculous. Nobody does anything. <laughs> Except you, you did the bathroom the other day. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling my weight. I cannot have a dirty bathroom, that's a bit too much. And that bathroom even when it's clean, it's it's not really clean. <laughs> yeah, you get certain rooms that, like our bathroom the ceiling just gets mould really easily if you don't like spray or mould spray. Like it just after like two months just gets mouldy again. So it's not proper tiling or anything like that the 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 paint it's just normal paint it's like peeling off and it's not like proper i hate that nice i have lacquer. i have that in my room on the ceiling the paint of the ceiling is peeling off mm. and i've been t- planning for past six months to to repaint it and i obviously still haven't gotten myself up to it but it's good my landlords gave me paints and they're kind of pink so that's tragic and i cannot use them <laughs> so it's like I was actually, um, I was listening to a podcast uh, today, I think, actually, and it was about, it was a Joe Rogan one with a guy called Andrew uh, Santino, and they were talking about, like, old school, like, uh, bathrooms, like, the horrible paint colours of, like, a real sort of unflattering pink, and then a green, like, you'd always get, like, green and pink bathrooms, and if you get to, like, really old places, they always have that shit, that old yeah, hotels, it's awful, it's awful, it's, it's like, um... And again, in the hospital, it's, it's usually this, like, just mud white. And mm. then from half the wall downwards, this weird kind of bluish green color. Yeah. And shiny. I don't know why. It's like teal almost. Teal. Almost. <sighs> it was horrible. And they were doing it for years. Like, every single hospital was mm. looking like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's weird how fashion changes with color schemes, that sort of thing, and sort of... Like uh, like uniforms and stuff. Like the police uniforms, obviously changed and like uh, over the years they 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 obviously because they wear neon vests a lot more and that sort of things. That's like kind of the uh, the what they have to wear for protocol is become part of their uniform in a lot of ways. Like certain like community police officers, like the community outreach officers, and things like that. Like certain ones that their colours they're wearing have changed over the, the few years. They like wear a lot yeah. of black now, where it used to be a lot of blue. I, I, I don't the really know what police used to wear in Britain. That's because you're in, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm here only since a year ago. Yeah. Well, your, do your police wear like other colours and stuff, like specific colours, or they just wear like black or. No, they're like, they're, they're like kind of blue and grey. Mm. Sort of thing. That's what our police sort of are like. What what are the the police in Poland? What are they like? Do they like? Are they like very strict? Like compared to here? Like with like driving? Oh with yeah, like definitely. Parties, like, with like even when you walk around here, we walk for park or something. You can smell smell people smoking. Oh yeah, everywhere. everywhere. In Poland, that wouldn't pass. In Poland, po- policemen or city guard would would notice somebody smoking, and you're instantly landing. Uh, on on the police station. Really? Yeah. yeah what. Like, so it used to be like over here, and then the police get more and more money cut from them, and then they can't afford to go after certain crimes as much, and that's that's why like noise in complaints. Poland, it's sort of different because I'm not sure which one of 
those it was, but either a city guard or police at some point got uh, like regulation that you can get the bonus if you had a certain amount of crimes discovered. Yeah. So they just fine you for everything. Yeah, that's what um, happens in, to a degree in America. They, there's certain teams that have to get a certain amount of arrests as targets for a month yeah, exactly. to, that's ridiculous. to continue it's... to get funding. And it's like, that isn't how the law should be run. It should be be how many uh, how's uh, you, the target shouldn't be how many people you arrest it should be how has un- unemployment been affected what is the community if you poll people and sp- talk to people what is their opinion of the police um, how is the community dealing with unemployment and crime what is the statistics on drug users that you found so you, you have to use all this information to figure out if the police's involvement with community is making a positive or negative impact not just oh, we've arrested this many people it's like but if you're arresting more and more people that means that you're basically saying yeah you're catching more criminals but they're not stopping but any more people, people are, doing it. People are being put to prison for petty for petty crimes. Mm. That's absolutely ridiculous because like prison system is not working in any proper way. It's supposed to mm. sort of fix you up, and you at the end of your sentence you get back a good citizen. Mm. But it does the exact opposite thing, and yeah. stuff like community service or even house arrests mm. are much more effective. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, we rather spend way more money on keeping people in prison, even if they don't really deserve to be there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the big ones that does come up is, I've spoken about it in the podcast before, is things like um, cannabis. I mean, there's a a wider discussion um, about sort of drug reform, which is like the potential of having all drugs illegal in some way or decriminalized. And there's that's like a whole other conversation that I'll uh, get into another time. But like with just on the basis of cannabis is like every study that's ever come out says it's less dangerous than um, alcohol and there are medicinal benefits as well and it's like well if you have alcohol then by default if you know that it's not as bad then you should just put in the right precautions to prevent people smoking and driving and if you can do what they've done in America where the states where they start selling it like then it helps it medicinally. They can do more studies on it to find out more specific things. They can use the money from that to help people if they've are in issues or funding uh getting people off like education and telling them not to smoke and drive and all sorts of other things it's like all these ways of doing things with the money could be so beneficial the nhs the nhs service you could get a portion of the money you make from medicinal marijuana and stuff if they buy it it can go through the nhs to a degree like uh, you can get certain prescriptions but you can also just you wouldn't have to only go for the NHS and some of the money made from selling recreational marijuana could go towards the NHS as well to help pay for the prescriptions of people who need it medicinally. It could all work in some sort of great system in a way that a lot of places it does in America. And they're just like, oh no, you smoke it. I think we're going in the right direction. It's so happening. CBD oil is in CBD Holland oil, you can buy, you can, I bought some the other day. I bought that in Holland and Barnet, so it's a step in the right direction because it doesn't have the THC in it, so it yeah, doesn't exactly. get you high in any way. It's purely medicinal. And it helps with a lot of stuff. Like it's helps with Alzheimer's, it's helps with uh, Parkinson, insomnia. That's what I've And um, recent studies also suggest that it might help not to relapse if you're an alcoholic or mm. a drug user. Mm. Yeah, it's so very good for the that's psyche. That's ridiculous. Like, it's considered to be a drug, but I think they've only done the research on, on rats at the moment or something mm. like that. that Rats addicted to, I think, like cocaine or something like that, were less likely to use it mm. later on if they had some CBD oil on them. Yeah, yeah. The uh, 
it's it's been shown to do a lot of stuff and i've um my friend carla she's on the uh, podcast um she's um she speaks about cbd oil and how it helps with crohn's disease which is an immune disease and obviously issues with uh, your, well, your immune, immune system and a lot of it comes from digestion in your stomach i think um but yeah listen to that if you haven't uh and the the thing with it there's also it helps a lot of mental illnesses like depression anxiety um obviously insomnia is one uh it can help people feel less paranoid it can help with addictions you as you said as well as there's a lot of physical benefits it's like a it's a mild it's like a supplement in some ways it's it's good absorbing the oil from that is good for a lot of parts of your system yeah of course but of course you have to be careful i know a lot of people if they smoke too much they they just get really paranoid and really mm. scared like yeah you have to look out mm. it can affect some people in certain ways but the trick is they say to use like you get in a little droppy thing um like a you squeeze the top and mm. it's a glass like tube and you let go and it comes up the glass tube and you can drop little droplets you put them under your tongue yeah. and it says I like, do two or three I'll just do two in the morning and two before I go to bed um, and you feel it a little bit it's like real it's almost like microdosing cannabis in a way where it's just it's ridiculously ridiculously small just really you just feel a little bit less tired and you just feel a little bit more chill just like a little mm-hmm. bit it's incremental it's almost like kind of waking up on the right side of the bed like after you've got out of bed and you go to work you're like i'm actually all right it just it feels like you're more all right more mornings than feeling like oh or feeling like actually like shit and it, it seems to just a little bit but it, it's also you could argue it's uh i'm not claiming this is going to cure anyone's depression but it's like it, it could be a degree of psychosomatic like i'm thinking and a placebo effect i'm thinking it can work yeah and that's it does. the exact exact reason why we need it to be legalize at least the medical side of it mm. so we can simply because we need to research it because it's so yeah. so many promises yeah let's just explore that because it might be really fucking useful yeah exactly I, I agree and it's um yeah it's an intriguing thing that hopefully society are going to go into which is with cbd oil on the bar um waitrose they now sell uh cannabis water it's got a small amount of really? thc oil in it yeah yeah. No idea. Um. So that that came up at the same sort of time as the the Holland yeah, and Barrett CBD oil. A TV show, sort of like a MasterChef competition, mm. but they were but they were cooking with cannabis products. Oh really? Yeah. So oh, wow. everything the the most important thing in every single dish was like cannabis product, mm. it's like cannabis butter, oils and stuff like that. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's a cultural shift, isn't it? It's it's where it's coming from. It's um it's a lot of pressure. A lot of people now are either like, yeah, I don't really care, and loads of people are now like, no, we need this to be legalized. We need the medicinal benefits that this brings. Stop putting it off. We we need you to look into it, do more research, and uh, like you have, there are a lot more antidepressants and stuff that are um on sale that you can you get well not on sale but you can get as prescriptions from nhs and i think you can buy a lot online mm. um and there are some antidepressants which they aren't they do get tested in some ways like there's an episode of the podcast that's being released tomorrow so it'll be out when this comes out but it's um it's we talk about like big pharma releasing stuff and it goes for like a rigorous system and it takes mm. a very long time for for drugs to be legalized at, uh, like at pharmaceuticals but the thing is with certain antidepressants is there's not been it's been studies into it but 
there's a lot that don't work in the right way. Like there's one that came out the other day, it's like Trencador or something like that. And it's um I can't remember if it's a sleeping tablet or something like that, but it's basically been shown that it does more risk than it does it does it's more risky and it does more harm than it does good and it's like killed more people than I think heroin and and cocaine if I'm right or something like that in a year. It's Jesus. ridiculous. It's something along those lines, and it's just like what the what, and it's just like a big deal, and it's like that got through, and it's like well, you're giving that thing a chance. You should, and obviously we should not have that sort of thing on the market. So this alternative medicine, we the things that we're using at the moment aren't helping people get over mental illnesses. You don't need something to like cover things up. You need something to help them look inward and find that from themselves and be able to f- function with the world, not just cover them with a but numbness. But they must be aware of this old theory that the big pharmaceutical companies don't actually want you to be cured. They want you to feel slightly bit better, but have to continue taking the drugs, not actually be 100% cured, because then you don't have to buy drugs and and give them money. I'm also not saying that's true, because I don't really know, but... Yeah, but that's an idea that people have. Yeah, well, that's... um, And uh, we talked about this a little bit in the other podcast, I said, but it's like, um, we... I think there there are there isn't necessarily there isn't there isn't this sort of thing is that there are scientists that want to cure cancer that want to be or like try and cure certain parts of cancer because you can't cancer cure just all in one go there's all of it that works all differently but um you when scientists want to work and try and cure stuff they are working and there are people on trying to do these things but the problem is is that the amount of funding that certain ones get may not be as much like or if they may get the right ones, like, oh, you've got the cure for cancer, okay. Oh, well, it costs thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds to make one pill, and you'd have to take that pill every week to suppress cancer, we understand at the moment. Or we'd have to manufacture a pill that's worth £3, £5, and they take once a day. And that wouldn't actually cure it, but it would nullify the effects until we had something better. Now, I'm not saying... Big Pharma are all looking out for the little people all the time, and I'm not saying they even are necessarily, but there is that part of it of also all the ins and outs of the complicated system there is, especially because the NHS is a public um, you know, companies for the people as a service. It's like, <coughs> it does want to help people, but it does need to make but money in NHS some ways as well. the NHS is not the one producing the drugs. No, it's uh, other companies. And it's, it's private other companies, companies, so... It's different because I don't necessarily believe that there are a lot of companies out there who care, actually care about people when it comes to the, the big bosses. Yeah, yeah. It's probably like, the little people who are like, the scientists themselves care, but their bosses, 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 boss doesn't. Exactly. It's like, mm. what does fear, fear is back? There was this HIV medicine. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Michael Shkiri or something like that. He bought loads and he made it like unfathomably he expensive. Bought, yeah, he, he was the new CEO of a company and he he skyrocketed the price of it. Yeah. Just because he can. Literally just because he can. Yes, yeah, he's just a... It's, it's a disgusting human being. I think we spoke about that as well. It's just like, it's... It's horrendous. I don't really think it is. It just pisses me off so much. But fortunately, there were loads of other companies did come up and then undercut. They managed to get uh, a patent or something, or they got the research or something complicated. And other places now have made that stuff a lot cheaper, you know. And the problem is, a lot of companies do still need to make money uh, to continue 
being able to make the drug and research and things like that. Like obviously producing a, a drug takes a lot of time, a lot of money. You have to do years and years and years of studying on rats and that sort of stuff as we've discussed. So it is a it is a case of like there's so much to to go into and think about like how much of it has to be ticked before the, the public actually get to it. And the problem is with things like CBD, maybe there haven't been as many specifics there have been quite a few studies on like uh, medicinal cannabis and also uh, obviously cbd which hasn't got the thc in it or has barely got any and you don't get anything from it in that way it's like there's there's been a bit of studies to it throughout the years but the amount of study that's gone on to study sleeping pills like valium and stuff like that or maybe certain other things is probably a lot higher because there's a lot of anecdotal evidence towards um things like marijuana and that doesn't necessarily take away from it. It's like everyone you know says if they... Not, some people smoke weed and they think they're paranoid, which agrees with a lot of what the mainstream media say. But a lot of people are like, oh, it chills me out and it's good in that way. Or, oh, it helps me sleep. Or people who take CBD oil and things like that. It's like there's never... There was a few little studies that kind of popped up with CBD oil that then got spread over through social media and stuff. And people, a lot of people are always... There's a lot of Facebook groups. There's a lot of podcasts that always talk about the benefits of it. And there's a lot of things like that. Um, and a lot of TV interviews, and it's just becoming slowly more and more public knowledge, and now it's coming into the mainstream. And I think with a lot of the things like medicinal marijuana and eventually the drug reform, they could be, they're just being talked about anecdotally a lot of the time, and it's, it's almost like not mainstream, it's the underground talking about it in a sense, alternative media in a way, and they're all talking about it a lot, and then eventually it kind of makes its way into the, the mainstream news, and then it becomes a cultural shift towards the how people feel about it because people 30 years ago used to be really against weed and everything about it and now you get all these celebrities you have celebrities coming out doing it you have the president of the united states saying he smoked weed in college it's like what <laughs> so you're literally putting people away and locking them up for life for smoking weed in college when you did it you're the president of, the, of america what are you saying then what that you should have been locked up well no now it's now it's legal so now oh yeah it's all good now we can admit it yeah but it was because like, like that, that, in the that Obama years, it wasn't. And I liked Obama a lot. But it was certain things. It's just a bit like, you can't say these sort of put people I in prison. For sort of weed. liked him, but he did a lot of shady deals. <coughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of really shady deals. Yeah, that is the problem. I, I wonder if it was that he either did these bad things and that was the intention, or that when you're in that position, you have to owe a lot of people a lot of money and a lot of favours to get them to vote for you in Congress to get you to the point where the public can vote for you. And the problem is, when you do that, you make promises to people that you'll keep like this. And then the intricate complexities of like foreign policy, like I don't agree with the drone strikes. However, I don't know what the alternative answer would be because I'm not smart enough to know these sorts of things. But it's like, I don't think drone striking people is a good thing to do. But what would I suggest if you knew there was an ISIS stronghold and you knew there were a hundred ISIS members and I'm not saying the casualties are necessarily worth it but like if you could do that and you could prevent them doing a certain attack that you knew was going to happen you'd save people's lives it's like well then the line gets really hazy and I don't know what to think about that because I don't know enough about it and with things like with Obama was in power that's one of the things he did quite a lot of like drone striking I wasn't even thinking about worst I was mostly thinking <coughs> some of the deals he made uh with massive, massive companies about like uh, GMO food and stuff. Right. That's ridiculous. And uh, one one of them 
basically I believe that GMO can be really good mm. but the way it's produced at the moment with like for example Monsanto with the kind of the GMO crops uh, so they kind of there can survive their the like like the plant killer thingy. Uh, oh, uh, um, pesticides. And yeah, the pesticides. Yeah, the yeah. pesticide gel that they produce. Um, but that also means that everything else on fields is dying. So it's actually making really, really a lot of bad to the environment. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit bad for the soil and the sort of surrounding areas. It's it's not good for not good for a lot of the other things they want to grow there. I, yeah, it's I, not really healthy either. Yeah, I think it's said that the the cornfields a lot of the time when they grow there it takes like, quite a long time after they've if you take all the corn out and then leave the empty field if you want to grow something again you take quite a quite a long time quite a few years so um, what i'm heard yeah and also the uh, the monsanto <coughs> corn um it's sort of uh protected so mm. if the farmer doesn't have a deal with monsanto Mm. He cannot use their their corn at all, yeah. and if for some reason he's gonna find himself in possession of it, Monsanto can talk and sue them, mm. which means that if you have a small independent farm and next to a Monsanto farmer, mm. and some of the seeds get blown to his field, mm. he can get sued for that. I see. I see. And they do that, and they use that to shut smaller farmers down. I th- yeah. So GMOs aren't. We're not saying that GMOs are the issue because GMOs are generally good. It's it's actually um, it's, well, it, it's but that's the thing. It's GMO the big businesses are going to be whatever we make them to be. Yeah, and it's the big businesses that it are the issue good. where they have to be responsible, both to creating the consumer product or editing the consumer product, but also um, to the environment and local business. Is that you have to be you have to work with the community and create a better world as a whole, not just like. Let's hoard money and do everything the cheapest ways we can. That's what's got to be yeah. like. And yeah, it's um, of interest. Let's uh, go back to Poland. Um, what politically over there? Like, is there much um, to your knowledge? Like, over here, it, what the, what the political system's like different? Like over here to Poland, is it quite similar? Is it? Well, we don't have the queen. Oh yeah, you, you have, we have a monarchy, but the monarchy is less political. It, it's. Weird. No, it's pretty traditional. The yeah. president, prime minister, and two cabinets. Do you have a president and a prime minister? Yeah. Is the president the most powerful? Uh, it, not really, no. Right. Um, the president have a say of veto, so if he doesn't agree with some mm. new act they want to legislate, it can just say, like, nope. Go away. Yeah, that's uh, what our queen has. And it goes back to back to kind of a project board. Yeah, we got, our queen goes back to our dogs and stuff. And then, <laughs> yeah. And the swans. Fair enough. And the TV. Yeah, what else she like? That she likes. Walking it's, around frowning. Walking around frowning and waving at people. <laughs> so. Hello being there. compared to a lizard. So why am I not dead yet? Why do I have to keep doing this? Still, I want to live in my gold ass palace and do what the fuck I want. Yeah. But in general, like Polish presidents don't usually use the veto. It's mostly a like diplomatic position. So how what do the presidents in, actually do yeah. for the country? Well, that's mean they they're technically the leaders of a country, sort of like the queen. They have certain powers. They're way more active in in government, and it tends to be that if the president is suggesting to go a certain way, 
Mm. The party that he was selected from would go a certain way. Right. So, but the prime minister, when it comes to like day-to-day politics and day-to-day legislature, would would be slightly more involved. Right. Why the president is out traveling and connecting with other presidents? Right. So there's a difference between like the world leader and the runner of the government, almost. So it's almost like, like a HR think... guy. It's like a leading HR guy who goes out and gets new businesses for, for clients, <laughs> and there's like the operations manager who's like controlling yeah, the rest of it. I think it sort of works more or less similar to to other European countries. <coughs> I don't know how many other European countries work that well. I know about pr- France's voting system. That's about it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know it. Oh, it's basically just um, obviously in Britain, everyone votes, and that's that. You know, out of all the parties, you just vote and whoever gets the most wins its representative seats. What it is in France is that you have a huge amount of parties and then you can vote for any of them. And then the two that win, the two that get the most out of that, go on to the next round and then everyone votes on just the two. So what it means is independent parties have the opportunity to be brought in and brought forward that wouldn't necessarily come in. And also what happened was... I think there was there was three main parties that were going forward, and the the most right wing one was first out of all of them. It was like it got a majority out of all of the parties, but and then it was, I think the more left one, and it was another one, and then in the next round, because all the other people who voted for all the other parties had to vote for between the two, the right wing person and the the more left wing, the most of them vote left wing, so the left wing person actually came in, and that's what I feel like it would almost been like. With the election just passed with Jeremy Corbyn and stuff like that in Britain, it's a uh, so loads of people like if it was in in Southampton if thirty they got thirty two more votes for Conservative than Labour, and then that meant one extra seat um, from Southampton, and mm. um, that would mean that um, it would have unbalanced the amount if uh, Conservatives um, the Conservative would have had, and then it would have made it even. Yeah, much more even, and then you'd have had to had a new vote or something like that. To be fair, I think the weirdest one is American voting system, um, because during the the presidential campaign, you they kind of divide the country into certain circles, hmm. and then one circle is sort of like one vote. Yeah. So that's why it's when they make them when they create create the the partitions hmm. it's really important for the parties because sometimes if you include one city into a region it will give you enough votes hmm. so you you more likely to get the vote yeah so they really try to manipulate them in their favors <laughs> and it's really it's slightly ridiculous because you still have to count all those voices so just pick the one out of the entire nation who 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 one yeah, the, one of the uh, it's a it's a real tough thing with a uh, government because I mean I think the French voting system is the best one uh, for rep- representative. Um, the thing is, the American and British. The problem is, is having one one guy run the whole of America is just America's got so many yeah. people in it. It's like having one dude to control all that. Even though obviously there is the other parts of government which do. Uh, have a have a say in that it's like 
one guy can't be representative of all of them. You you can't you can't have fifty states which are basically fifty countries that all have different slightly different cultures and slightly different way of life and different ideologies. Like Texas are more about their gun ownership, but then more leftist states are more are more about this and that. And it's like gay marriage was more of a place here. There's um marijuana recreational and medicinal is in certain places here, and they're all like slightly different. But then one person trying to rule them all is just like really weird. It's like. How can one person be representative of all of them? If you just say the majority vote, it would just be the few states that have got the most amount of people in it. So all the smaller states, like Ohio, I think, and Pennsylvania and Connecticut, I think, those sort of ones. I don't really think that it's that much to do with the size of America. Because, like, look at Canada. Canada's massive. It's doing pretty well. You haven't got anywhere near as many people, and it's got, like... I think Canada's got very little. I'm going to look up quickly. Because America... Like for comparison, yeah, America is absolutely insane, and but America's three hundred thirty million. Uh, Britain, like England, uh, Northern Ireland, Scotland, and Wales is sixty million, but London is eight million. Yeah. It, it, so London would take like a, a large amount of that. So it's a population. Of yeah, who knows? Maybe in few decades we're gonna have like fifty-one new countries instead of one United States. Maybe. Maybe that'd be very Independent interesting. Independent access, that's, that would be fun mm. to be around. I think they all have too much independent American pride. They all want to take credit for all the great things America's mm-hmm. done. Every state is like, we're the state that did this. It's like, well, you're the state that the guy who invented it lived there, but he created it here. Maybe he moved to that state and then did something there and then this state. And so all attached yeah, to each other. They all have they all a have lot Columbus of national day. pride. They do. But they and love about being it's American. it's sort of misguided because yeah. being proud of where you're from or about your country doesn't mean that you don't notice the bad things that happened or yeah, exactly. the thing, bad things your people doesn't did. Mean being ignorant it's of it. It's ridiculous. One hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. It's uh well just for reference, Canada. Okay. So here's the thing, like Britain's sixty million and it's like a size of Canada's like one state tiny. in America. Um Canada has thirty six million people. Yeah. So that is like almost a tenth of the amount of people 36. in thirty six million in twenty sixteen. It's probably maybe about 40 million by now in 2018, but it's, I haven't got it on there because you do the census. Um, but like, Australia is the size. It's usually like around like 38 or something like that. I'll check in one sec. Australia is the same size as America, like, and it's actually only got 24 million people. That is, yeah, that is live there. a third of the people who live in Australia live. Um, live in England. Sorry, a third of the people who live in England live in a in Australia, which is the size of America. Iceland, three hundred thirty thousand people in Iceland. The Iceland is the size of England and Wales, and there's the same amount of people as one and a half times more than Southampton. If London, London has twenty four times ish, um, twenty four times more people in it than the whole of Iceland. Iceland is amazing. In the good old time over there. Yeah, so you you liked your holidays then? Mm. I love going there. It was great. Some amazing waterfalls. Um, uh, we saw some geysers. That was absolutely fantastic. Um, saw um the tectonic plates that kind of made the island. That was fantastic. Um, there's mountains everywhere. It's beautiful. Um, went whale watching. Didn't see any whales, but we uh, we saw some dolphins. That was pretty brilliant. Um, it's quite cool. And, uh, a few of my friends went to Iceland, and mm. everybody says it's absolutely amazing. 
that one of the best things about it is you get all these people from all these different cultures that all speak different languages, but all their second language is English. So you have people who are like French and German speaking about an Italian food menu in English because they all speak well, it be, different... Everybody speaks English. Well, that's what the... In Iceland, it's like... Like, you go to France, and mostly people speak French. You go to Germany, most people speak German. You go to Iceland, if you go to certain... Uh, if you, I, if you I go to the more... You go to Germany, most people speak German, and most people speak English as well. Yeah, a lot of people speak English as well, but when you're walking around the city, it's not the majority language being English. Because... You... Uh, so that's what you mean, that even walking on streets, just randomly... The language you hear on the street is English. Yeah, because you have people okay. who are th- who are French whose second language is English, but ev- nothing's in French in Iceland except there's certain menus that if in really fancy places they've got loads of pages of different menus of different languages. But basically, it's got English and Icelandic. That's it. So if you want to understand anything, you just have to know English. So well, I think what a lot of people do is they go over there, um, and like if you went over there, you would not be speaking Polish to anyone, really, unless you went with someone who's also Polish. You wouldn't be reading Polish anywhere. You so you just read everything in British. So a lot of people would find it quite easy to kind of switch and just always just this I'm gonna be speaking, thinking, doing everything British while I'm here. You know, especially if you're with people who are that language as as well. Um with them and you everyone you talk to the only way you communicate unless you know you recognise their accent, you can tell that, where that's they're how from. I go everywhere. If I go anywhere abroad my go-to language is english because people mm. tend to speak english somebody around world usually speak usually english. yeah but obviously even like in italy even if you know like I, I remember i was in a shop and the lady that was working that didn't understand the word i was saying mm. but somebody in the queue behind me spoke perfect english so mm. he just translated yeah well with that for example in iceland it's like everyone knows the English. That's what I'm saying is the strange thing about it. And ev- all the signs is in English. Like, when you go to France, a lot of people speak English, and there's a few signs that are in English that are just, like, major landmarks. But pretty much all the road name, like, every direction, yeah. everything, it just says it in French. In Iceland, it says it in Icelandic and English. Oh, that's not, weird. Not every single... Maybe there's... Uh, like, the majority. Maybe, that's, maybe they have, like, loads of immigrants well they have so they a, just switched by now tourism is a huge thing all the museums over there are in uh, British and Icelandic obviously every single one there obviously there's a few big French pres- uh, museums that are but you've got to think you walk down like, the main strip of like Reykjavik and it's quite big but it's not it's not like London or like Paris or anything like that but Reykjavik is bigger than Paris it's like every single building is a completely... It, they, they had like 500 different architectures. Architects uh, make the city for what, what we heard in this museum place. And it was like every building looks different. You have a complex of like like, like five buildings of all flat blocks in a circle, but they're all slightly different shapes and sizes, but they're all the same style. Every You're single... Right. But that, those five, look nothing like the next 30 buildings. They all... next Every single one looks different. Every building, it's really okay. weird. It's interesting. But it's really cool. Just that they also love Prince Pola. They love the what? Polish candy bar. That's ex- Was that the licorice one? No, no, no. Oh, it's good. like thin wafers, mm. a kokamas, and mm. covered in, in dark chocolate. Oh, nice. It's just, it's just like classic candy bar, but it's apparently extremely popular in Iceland. Yeah, they've got quite a few uh, Ameri- uh, English uh, sort of sweets there. So they've got like M&M's and um, dime, dime bars, like the European one. They got. They haven't got Milka, from what I recall. They did in the airport, but not actually. 
Oh, milk is massive in Poland. It's everywhere. Well, yes, and it's quite a big European thing. But, it, but I, we don't have Galaxy, and Galaxy, I think, is one of the best. Yeah, Galaxy is amazing. I fucking love Galaxy. Um, so in, in, in Poland, then, of interest, let's loop back to that. Let's keep on going. Um, what, obviously, you, you wanted to move and uh, send money back to your parents and stuff like that. Did you... What made you choose Britain? Was it because you already spoke Britain as a second language, or...? Well, yeah, if I would try to move somewhere else, I would have to speak the the language, to be honest. Like, to get a job, you need to speak the, yeah. to speak the language. Or at least to get a good job, and I didn't really want to do physical labor, because that, that would probably kill me. Mm. Um, so I moved somewhere else and spoke the language, and also my mom's so the friends, like, they're not, not perfectly close, mm. but... Um, she was living here already with her fiance, and he's working for Deliveroo. So mm. they were like, "If you struggle to find a job, you can work in Deliveroo." Mm. So I had like this this cushion that if something goes wrong, I can always just ask them for help. Mm. Yeah, so that that's why Southampton basically. Mm. And they also told me not to go to London. Like they they told me to go to towns near sea, even if not Southampton. So who told you this way? Uh, my mom's friends. Okay. Yeah. Um, because London is extremely expensive, like oh, they yeah. used to live in London and the wages are the same, mm. but everything in supermarkets and, and rent and everything going out, everything's way more expensive. It's two and a half times more expensive on average. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely preposterous. Just why? It is, it and cost... the thing is, a lot of people just tend to go to London. Mm. Like all of, all of my friends, everybody that was talking about going to England, everybody mm. said, oh yeah, I'm going to go to London. Because mm. sort of people imagine it's massive, so there's like more opportunities. But it's not really. Mm. Yeah, people really struggle over there. Proportionally, there's more opportunities. There's more people going for opportunities. So it's like, yeah. whereas here, like Southampton's quite a big, it's like at the middle ground. It's not like a small town or anything like that. It's a, it's a pretty huge city. There's a lot going on. Um, but... Obviously, there's it a lot going on, but it's not it's, a huge city, really. It's not really. like London. It's, it's a lot of area and a lot of people, and there's always a little bit of stuff. There's always a few restaurants. There's always a few shops. There's every every few areas. There's certain areas which, like, yeah, there's the always... Yeah, the district has a high street. Yeah. There's always, like, Wollstone, Western, Showling, Bitten, all the... In town, there's, like, all the sub-parts of town, I like thought Millbrook. That, that's how all British cities look like. There is always a district and a high street with... Fast shops. food joints and shops. shops. Yeah, and, it's and just... a lot of pubs. Yeah. Always pubs. But the pubs are going. The pubs are disappearing. They're That's coming so out. So when you... um With, with Poland, like when you... You move here and obviously you, you like it here. That's why you're staying. Um, what what about England is it that you prefer than Poland? Is it... Did, what, was your, what was your working yeah, life like I as well back like, in Poland? I feel a little... Like, I fit better here somehow. Right. And it, it, I know it's really weird to say, because after all, like, all my family is Pola- Polish. Mm. I was born in Poland, so I probably feel most at home in Poland, but I don't. Mm. I sort of feel like people, you're... when it comes to humor, people get me a bit more here. Transracial. You're like a Polish person who's born, <laughs> born an English person. Yeah, I don't know, maybe you, I was dropped. You drink tea. You drink tea. Uh, <laughs> but without milk. You cannot convince me to that. It's never going that, to be tasty. That's your British witchcraft. 
with like a quarter I was spoonful. Dropped as a baby, maybe. Quarter spoonful of sugar. <laughs> That's the thing that makes it weird. A lot, a lot of people like tea with that milk, but not bloody quarter, quarter teaspoon of sugar. You get people because who have a teaspoon is too much. It you gets get, so sweet. You get people who are tea purists who say no sugar, and then you get people who are just tea people who like sweet things. They go one sugar, sometimes two. That's it. You don't get quarter. It's like you what? <laughs> Half is, is too strong. Why? Because if you brew tea bit too strong, it gets a slightly bit bitter. Mm. Um, and so one quarter of a teaspoon of sugar is just in, enough to break that bitterness. Uh-huh. That's it. I, if, if I get more, it's, it starts just being way too sweet. I, I drink coffee and I fucking I love vanilla lattes and caramel Jesus. macchiatos and anything really sweet. I, I love coffee. them. I love it. But I don't, I'm not a big fan of tea. I'll drink it if I have to, but I, I don't drink it ever because there's never a time no, people have coffee. I've, every, if someone has coffee, they've pretty much always got tea. It's, it's just like you, you, you always got one of them, you know what I mean, like in people's houses. Um, but we've obviously got both because there's people like Josh and Nikki, they like um, tea. Dr- Josh drinks decaf tea. Nikki drinks standard PG tips. That's what you got. Uh, I think that's what you've got in your mug there. And uh, you. I've got, I, I don't really drink coffee here very often at all. Uh, but I've got like this something gold coffee. It's not Nestle. It's something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I get for a lot of cups of tea a day, no matter where I am. Really? Uh, how much? How much tea do you have a day? I really want to count how many cups of tea I have from the day. Well, if there's that many, Jesus. I don't know. I can have like like up to like maybe five cups at work, something like that. Maybe more during winter because it's also it's also keeping me warm. Mm. The last night, no, like 10 cups of tea a day, probably. You have 10 cups of tea a day? That, yeah. Like, on, on like a good tea day, I would say. Jesus, that's madness. I, I do drink a lot of tea at work. I drink mainly tea at work. I have one coffee a day. And that's only when I'm at work. I will very, very rarely, like since working at, at Portmore, which I've been there for six months, I think I've had three times where I've had a second coffee in the day. Like, that's it. And when I get home, I never, ever have coffee. Um, on the weekend, on a Saturday like I did today, often if I go to like the shop or something, um, if I stay up late, like on where we had the bank holiday on the Friday and the, we've got one coming on the Monday, um, Thursday night I went over to my mate Carla's house you know, and um, I crashed there. I went to bed at like two-ish. She had a new kitten. It was adorable. And um, woke up at like seven because the cat woke me up. So I had five hours sleep. And I left hers. And I was like, I'm going to go to fucking Tesco's early, get my food shopping done. Got myself a lush, really sweet vanilla latte coffee. Uh, drinking it in my car. With a, I had that with a, with a lamb samosa. Uh, an onion bhaji and a one square of prawn toast that I got from the deli counter. I was like, that's what, what I don't get. Like, if you're drinking something savory, like like onion bhaji and spicy, like spicy Indian food, yeah, how can you overdrink that with something really, really, really sweet? I love it. I love drinking I sweet stuff. It. Sweet it's and like... spice is great. You drink that milkshake while you're having a curry. It's good. Yeah, it's th- that's sort of a thing. It feels really American to me, or like eating McDonald's with over drinking with a chocolate milkshake. I love it. Yeah. No, just you, I understand <laughs> eating the fast food and then a few minutes later having a milkshake sort of dessert. But mixing those two together, how can you not be sick? <laughs> it's great. As, well, the best thing is when you have sweet and savory. Like um, if you have syrup, like bacon with maple syrup pancakes is like 
So good. I like having it with sausages sometimes as well. Like really sweet. You get like, you get certain fries that have been fried with like sugar, like deep fried in sugar, like fries sort of thing. Like um, you can get. I mean, I've heard about putting sweet potato fries, fr- fries like potatoes into so- into sugared water before to kind mm. of caramelize mm. it a bit easier in oil. Yeah. But for them to be fried in sugar. Yeah, that's a whole other so story. What do you mean, that's... like literally potatoes dipped, like having not like a whole potato sugar like, crust, like like, like uh, the way they make chips, like um, in the deep fat fryers and sort of stuff. You can have like sugary stuff in it, or they more so they bring it out and then they season it with loads of sugar, and so it's like deep fried. And as soon as it comes out, you sprinkle sugar over it, so it kind of gets goes in with it. You get that with sweet potato right. fries sometimes, but you often Maybe. get it with salt as well. It depends where you go. Um, I think I tell where they do it. Okay, I've heard that in Scotland you can get a deep fried kebab. Oh wow! Like, like a whole like, kebab. I mean, like a kebab, like with everything, with meat and cabbage and all salads, sauces, everything wrapped around, put into butter, and then deep fried. Wow, that'd be amazing. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> because you want to die like, early. Sort of, even you want to die you young. Want, even if you want a sort of kebab, deep fried, just. Get the the bun and the and the meat and just deep fry that. Why put cabbage into that? Oh, yeah. Why would anybody put themselves like for deep fried cabbage? Yeah, that'd be horrendous. It's like all the salads. Like, why do you want deep fried cucumber or tomato? It's like, what? It's ridiculous. No, it's just I have. That's what I would. I wouldn't have the salad personally. Deep fried or something. Fuck that. Yeah. You know, if you had it deep fried and then on top of the deep fry, you had it in another bun. With like as in like double and then have that with a bit of uh, like so- like dripping sauce with a no, few bits I, I of lettuce on it. I would still be that. against deep fried vegetables and sauces. I wouldn't have the vegetables. That, I'd have the sauces would be on top. Weird. I'd have the meat. I just basically have loads of chicken meat, uh, just loads sliced, all in like this nice fluffy kebab and dipped. Yeah, I would. I would go for beef probably. Oh, I'm a chicken boy. <laughs> uh, but. To be honest, I would like to try a deep fry Mars bar. I mean, oh, sort of sounds disgusting, but as it could be delicious. I had it about two years ago for the only time I've ever had it. And it, I think I blame the place that I had it because it wasn't very crispy. And I want it to oh, be no, crispy no. and then gooey. It has to be crispy. Yeah, and it wasn't that crispy. It was kind of like crumbly batter. Also, deep fried ice cream. I've had that. It's fucking amazing. I had it at a Thai place in Tenerife. It is so good. It's like battered. It's, yeah. it's 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 battered and basically the inside is still quite cold so you scoop it and it's got it still retains its shape and nice. it's like it's almost like almost biscuity almost in a way deep fried and they they show you they do it yeah i've seen it on like a thing they get ice cream it's really cold their hands obviously cold they've um cold water wash their hands stuff like they get the ice cream out and then they get the batter and they just put it in there and wrap it around oops hit the mic again too excited um they grab it wrap it around like in a, in a ball wrap it back deep fry it straight away and Dude, it comes out and it's you, you have it and it is it's so good they put like a syrup over it and stuff like that okay so, so there is this check uh stuff pie uh well like a cake thing it's quite hard to explain it's sort of this long tube mm. empty on the inside and it's usually either in sugar or in in cinnamon mm. and there is this what this place in poland that does them it's called the cake is called strelnik Something like that, and they put Nutella on top inside it. Like they 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 smear the inside Nutella, put whipped cream and ice cream on top, and like bits of Oreo and stuff. And it's the oh most God. delicious thing ever. That sounds so good. In this sort of What's like called, fluffy, cakey cone, 
Trtelnik. And who who makes that? Sorry. It's originally Czech, and the best best one you can get just go to Prague, and okay. they're absolutely absolutely delicious. Hmm. Yes. But the ones the ones that I got was from Krakow. There was like a food strike thing going on. So yeah, with with Poland is um, I've heard quite a few people mention Krakow. Is Krakow like either a capital city or one of the main cities there or anything? Uh, Krakow was a capital city for centuries, but now it's Warsaw. Okay. Um, yeah, I've heard of Warsaw before. The, actually. Krakow is quite special because it wasn't bombed during the war, so okay. the city, the old city center is up, is really really big. Right. And there's quite a lot of tourist attractions. I mean, at the moment they're they're sort of trying to keep Krakow as being really like Asian magical traditional city, and people don't really want that. People want that plus really fun, cool stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. It's the world's so, changing a bit more now. It's coming up. Exactly. With... And there's there's a lot of escape rooms and like laser parks. There's, and, escape, and... there's escape rooms at, in Iceland and Reykjavik. No, there's escape rooms in Southampton. I've been to one. I I want to go, but I don't know which one to choose. I've, I've been to one. I've heard mixed things about all of them. Like it's, there's a couple that I've heard people go, yeah, this is amazing. And then I've got people going, no, it's not that great. And it's like, I think it depends on the person. Because what you're looking for. The best one I've ever been to was in Belgrade. I've only been to the one in town. What yeah, was... I did a lo- loads of them in Poland. Oh really? Yeah, and some of some of them are like, they ro- look really really bad, but the actual uh, puzzles you have to solve are really entertaining. Yeah. And there are the ones that really put on like a nice nice show for everybody, but the puzzles are quite like, nah, yeah, not really that exciting. But the one in Belgrade looked absolutely amazing. It was like a World War Two office mm. and you had to solve all the clue to find a machine and disarm the bomb right. and it really really got you going yeah and that it was even like secret doors opening and stuff like that oh wow it was absolutely mind-blowing yeah i'd really recommend anyone to go to uh, escape rooms because they are a lot of fun like us and as you said there are certain ones which are more about the puzzles and others which are more about the show mm. it depends what you're really going for you know i don't know how it is in england but the most of them the ones in poland have ratings of how complicated the escape room is? I think there's... You can basically go on TripAdvisor. I'm not sure... I, I, I haven't looked it up a huge amount. Um, I've only done it a little bit, looked up, of escape rooms. I'm not sure if there's a universal rating system that they have or anything like that. No, I don't think it's a universal ra- rating system, but every single place has their own, like... If you're a beginner, you should probably go and do that. Yeah, I think they do have mentions of that sort of thing. Yeah, I think we did a... Not, we did like a beginnerish sort of one when we went to our statements. For most of them, I think like three people is the as kind of the least you can have. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the time, the, the recommended is like four. I think we had five or six. That's not like quite yeah, a large I amount. At one time, we were in uh, and it's one in in Poland. Uh, when you need at least seven people, you're separated into two groups, mm. and one room is is normal like light room and the other one is completely pitch black dark okay so i was in the dark one and basically what we had to do is is look around on the walls and feel the shapes on them and oh, tell wow. the guys on the other side what they were it was it was absolutely ridiculous that sounds great that sounds <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun really really great fun yeah do you have any uh theme parks like uh roller coasters that sort of thing is that very popular in <laughs> uh, you know, the Krakow or and uh, now we have one it's called energyland i think 
uh, it's quite near Krakow. It's like two hours away from Krakow, I think. Right. And that's apparently quite big and quite quite cool. But I've ne- I've never been there. Mm. And what is strangely popular, especially in Małopolska, so where, the the Voivod trip when uh, where Krakow is, mm-hmm. uh, it's dinosaur parks. Oh really? We got a few of them. We got a few dinosaur They're parks. Absolutely everywhere, and I'm talking from like properly big ones and properly nicely made ones. Mm-hmm. To like small, like the size of I don't know your house, basically, yeah. and there are a few like free figures of crappy tin dinosaurs, like ah, not, yeah. not really very really nice. Yeah. But for some reason, they're really everywhere. Excuse me. We we've got a few dinosaur parks. We normally do have a few dinosaur things around other parks, like in Poulton's Park. You got the dinosaur walk. Um, I think is it. There's a few other zoos I've been to. Um, I think there's not Drusilla Zoo there's a zoo in Weymouth I've been to I can't remember the name of it at the moment um, might be called something park but um, they had like a dinosaur walk bit they had like no, eight dinosaur things in it I need to go to the toilet you need to go to the lavatory uh, we come up to the, the hour mark now so we can stop this and then continue doing another chat afterwards I've actually been dying to go for about ten minutes yeah I was thinking I just, I'm I'll, just gonna go yeah right now alright so I'm gonna pause the I'm recording like two cups of tea I'll yeah, yours yeah, it's, like four, it's four already today. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm going to just pause this as well, just so I can grab another drink and stuff. So we'll probably be back in a bit, guys. And that's the end of part one. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, guys. Um, part two will be released next week. And me and Justina basically just pick up the conversation where we left off. Uh, we were talking about dinosaur parks uh, in Poland. Uh, the, we then go on to talk about Lego, uh, politics. We talk about religion quite a bit uh, in the next episode as well. Um, we then also talk about immigration, tolerance, um, reality TV and being famous, social media, as well as accents. And we kind of finish off with um, sort of british and polish food and talk about sourdough bread and and that sort of thing so it's a nice it's, it's similar to this one in a lot of ways you know it's it's just a continuation of the the conversation really we just talk about some of the things that justina thinks and link some of that back to poland um as i said at the start uh, last week's episode was another science but simple one um where we talk about uh me and my mate josh we talk about things just scientific stuff in everyday life that we try and describe it in an easy to digest format um josh is much smarter than i am and has a degree in uh, marine biology so it's more so him describing to me and hoping that i can understand it um and we spoke about misconceptions uh gmos which is genetically modified organisms um cancer um, and cells and how that sort of works and why there's no cure all for cancer um, as well as big pharma so that was last week's one um, as I said next week's one will be with uh, Justina uh, the week after that I think will be with my mate Ryan uh, who's in a, a metal band uh, or a hardcore band or it, the subgenre has uh, escaped me quite a lot of the time he's in quite a heavy band you know and uh, we'll talk about that as well but obviously um, if you listen to next week's episode with Justina um, I'll talk about Ryan's episode after that because I, I, I'm recording it tomorrow I believe um, I should be you know if he if he cancels and stuff or we have to reschedule then it'll be someone else but we'll cross that bridge if we come to it Anyway, I'm rambling now, um, and the, vid- the the audio is almost over. You're just waiting for that to finally finish, or you've already skipped it, in which case I'm talking to myself. Um, but yeah, if you guys could follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, review us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, any of those things. Um, if you can review on Podbean, which now I'm starting to think about it, and I think you can, you can just subscribe. It doesn't matter. I'm tired. It's a Sunday. 
that's my excuse I'm using it. So thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Follow us and like us on all the usual social media jazz. Um, I also actually mentioned at the start, I've done a YouTube collaboration uh, with my friend Steph, uh, Steph the Crab. We did a podcast a, a little while ago, I think number 15 it was. It was a two-parter. So be sure to listen to that. Check out on YouTube. It's, um, it's a Would You Rather video where we just talk about stupid <laughs> Would You Rather questions. I'll include that in the link below. Yeah, that's the end of that then. I'll see you guys next week. Well, I won't see most of you. I'll talk to you next week.